And what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Conspiracies, Fears, and Mysteries. And again, I'm your host, Ralphie. How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing today? Today is, uh, today's Friday, hopefully, when I upload this. It's a Friday. Yeah, but it's 2020. And I, I'm not, I think I'm going to try to stop saying the date because of the day that I upload these episodes. So I'm probably not going to say the date, but today we are going to talk about a female serial killer, the Butch of Aberdeen, Catherine Knight. And from the picture, she looks kind of crazy. And just because. Just because uh, I know that she's a killer, because she's on my Murder Minute um, story app. And go ahead and download that app. It's great. That's where I get most of these stories for these podcasts that I, that I talk about when it comes to murders and things like that. Anything true crime. A lot of times, 99, uh, not 99, that, that would be all the time. Uh, maybe 80% of the time comes from there. The rest is just uh, maybe I saw, I saw something or... You know, as I watch a lot of true crime shows, true crime podcasts, and all that great stuff. Let me raise up the volume just a little bit, just enough. But anyway, so uh, let's talk about this Catherine Knight. Catherine Knight's girl from Aberdeen. Now, what Aberdeen is this? I don't know yet. I don't know what Aberdeen, excuse me if you hear that from the microphone. I don't know what Aberdeen they're talking about here, but... Sorry about that. Let's go ahead and listen to it. I mean, well, let's go ahead and talk about it. So, everyone in Aberdeen had a Catherine story. Remember when she left the baby out on the train tracks? Remember when she killed that dingo puppy? Uh, I'm thinking this is Australia, dingo. Remember when she smashed her boyfriend over the head with an iron? Catherine Knight was notorious in her hometown. But by the time she was done, she'd be known all over the world. Catherine wasn't raised like most kids. Her mother, Barbara, had been married to Jack, but she'd been having an affair with a man named Ken. The scandal chased Ken and Barbara out of the Aberdeen in New South Wales. Okay, not uh, Australia, but England. As well as the four sons from her first marriage, Barbara had another four children. It was a crowded, chaotic house. The chaos was made by Ken's alcoholism, which is the mother's boyfriend. Catherine's father would threaten to rape her mother ten times a day. Jesus. In private, Barbara told her daughters how much she hated men. But Barbara was stuck with Ken and Catherine was caught in the middle of the abuse. By her own account, Catherine was sexually abused by family members until she was 11. At school, she was a loner and a bully. When she left school at 15, she neither learned to read nor write. And this is, again, back to what I always say when I read these stories. There's always a sexual genesis to this, a sexual sexual beginning, something that was motivated by a something sexual. like And not, any, and not, not anything good, obviously, because nothing good comes from these stories, but um, by something sexually violent or sexually deviant or sexually... Some kind of sexual misconduct. Anyway, it took her a year to land her dream job, cutting up uh, offal at the local abattoir. Offal, I guess that's a meat. The owners were so impressed by the teenager that she had 
she was quickly promoted. She sliced the meat from the bones of the carcasses. The owners even gave Catherine her own special set of butcher knives. She hung them from uh, she hung them over the head of her bed. There they'd always be handy, she said, if I need them. Catherine was working in this abattoir when she met David Collette. Like her father, David was a raging alcoholic, prone to violence. But he'd met his match with Catherine. Indeed, it wasn't long before Catherine dominated David. Now living back in Aberdeen, Catherine and David earned quite a reputation. They were hard drinking, hard fighting, and it was clear who was in charge. The couple got married in 1974 at Catherine's insistence. They arrived at the ceremony on a motorbike. Catherine drove while a drunk David clung on for his life. Sorry, I'm just picturing somebody drunk in the back clinging on to life on a motorcycle. As they arrived, Barbara Knight gave David a piece of advice. You better watch this one, she warned, or she'll fucking kill you. The prophecy was almost realized the very same day. After the wedding, having consumed the marriage, having, I'm sorry, having consummated the marriage three times, David blacked out. If you know what consummated means, Google it. Just kidding. They had sex three times. Catherine wasn't pleased. She wrapped her hands around his throat and squeezed. The choking woke David up and he managed to wrestle free. The attempted murder set the tone for the rest of the marriage. Wow, there's a picture here of them. Um, and you can see in the picture that she was dominant. She was the alpha in this. The pair were often violent. One time, a pregnant Catherine burned all of David's clothes and hit him across the head with a frying pan. His crime? Arriving home late from a dart tournament. Wow. Uh, this is the... This is the spousal abuse that you never hear about because it's the guy. You never hear about the guy getting abused because it's like people will laugh at it or it's weird or it's just, just something you don't really hear about. Uh, yes, women do get abused, I, I, I think, more than men. But men do get abused. But since, I don't know, we just, whatever. And men are too proud to talk about that. You know what I mean? You know how we are. Even though she fractured David's skull, she talked him into dropping the police charges. Wow, she's yeah, that's that's power. David left David left just after the birth of their first child. He couldn't he couldn't take Catherine's abuse and fled to Queensland. Neighbors remembered Catherine pushing her newborn around in a stroller. She left the baby on a railway line. A man named Old Ted was nearby. He spotted the baby with, with a train approaching. He rushed and saved the little girl from being obliterated. Catherine was nowhere to be found. On numerous occasions, Catherine's violent actions led to stints in mental health institutions. She was diagnosed with postnatal depression. A few days after signing herself out of one of the institutions, Catherine took a knife out into the streets. She slashed the face of one woman and demanded to be driven to Queensland. She wanted to find David. The woman only escaped when they stopped for gas. By the time the police arrived, Catherine had taken a young boy hostage. The police used brooms and sticks to disarm her and sent her back to another institution. They used brooms and sticks. That That's, well, I mean, I guess. That's England, you know, they don't, they don't like the guns and stuff. So they got knives and brooms and sticks and, you know, 
They worked, whatever. You know what I mean? But <laughs> she would have done that shit here. There would have been Catherine brains all over that gas station. The police told David that Catherine had been planning to kill him. With his mother, he moved back to Aberdeen to care for his little girl and help Catherine get better. What an idiot. When Well, not an idiot for you know helping his little girl, but... When Catherine was eventually released, she moved in with the family. Even though they had another daughter, there was nothing that could be done to save the marriage. They separated again. Catherine got injured at the abattoir and couldn't return to work. With her disability pension and a house in Aberdeen, Catherine went through a string of turbulent relationships. She met David Saunders in 1986. He spent a lot of time with Catherine and her daughters, but he had not always but he was not always around. This made Catherine incredibly jealous. In 1987, she cut the throat of a two-month-old dingo puppy Saunders had been raising. A dingo puppy. I don't know what I don't I don't know what a dingo is. Maybe the dingo ate your baby, but sorry, that's from you know where that's from. An example of what would happen to him if he cheated. Oh my god, there's a picture of her knives or her yeah, or stuff on her ceiling. The couple bought a house together and Catherine was put in charge of the of the decoration. She covered every surface with animals animal skulls, machetes, and traps. Her relationship with Saunders ended when she hit him in the face with an iron and stabbed him in the stomach with a pair of scissors. After that, he went into hiding. Hiding, bro. I would have left the country. John Price was well-liked in Aberdeen. He had three children from a previous marriage and was aware of Catherine's reputation for violence. Still, she moved into his house in 1995. In 1998, the two began to disagree. Catherine wanted to get married. John was hesitant. Annoyed, Catherine videotaped a collection of out-of-date medical kits John had supposedly stolen from his workplace. She sent the tape to his boss. He was fired. John kicked Catherine out of the house, and soon enough, everyone in Aberdeen knew what had happened. Catherine Knight and her crazy antics. Wow, she, there's another picture here. And I don't know. Anyway, to each his own. After a few months, the tensions cooled and Catherine moved back in with John. But he still refused to marry her. So why would he? Anyway, in February of 2000, an argument got so heated that Catherine stabbed John in the chest. He took out a restraining order against her. Bro, listen, people, when you're abused, when the person is this crazy, if you're not going to get them arrested for life or something really serious, you need to take it upon yourself to move. I don't care. Yo, it's hard to move. I don't care. Do what you got to do to save money and get up out of there. I'm talking about far, thousands and thousands of miles where nobody knows where you're at. The next day, John went about his business as usual. After getting home from work, he spent time with his neighbors before going to bed at 11 p.m. But Catherine knew John's habits and arrived after he'd gone to sleep. She sat and watched his television before taking a shower. Then she woke John. She had sex with John and fell asleep again. And John fell asleep again. The next day, a neighbor noticed that John's car hadn't moved. Her boss was also confused. John never missed a day of work. Both the boss and the neighbor went to the house and knocked on the door. They found only a smear of blood. And that is not a smear of blood. I just saw, there's a picture I'm looking at. 
That is not a smear of blood. That is a lot of blood. But anyway, the police arrived at 8. They broke down the back door and found John's body. Catherine was laying nearby, unconscious after taking too many pills. The police quickly pieced together what had happened. Catherine had stabbed John with a butcher's knife while he slept. The attack hadn't killed him, and he struggled trying to escape. Catherine had chased him through the house with a knife. John reached the front door before the blood loss got to him. Oh, yeah, that's not a, that's a lot of blood. Catherine dragged his body back inside. She stabbed him 37 times all over his body. She only paused to steal his wallet and drive to an ATM withdrawing $1,000. A few hours after John had died, Catherine had started work. A few hours after John had died, Catherine had started work. First, she skinned him. An expert butcher, she hung the empty folds of skin on a meat hook in the lounge. Then she cut off John's head and cooked parts of his body. She served the meat with a baked potato, cabbage, beetroot, and gravy. She laid a table, writing her children's names on place cards. She wanted to serve John to them as a meal. Oh my goodness, there's a picture here of the plates with the meat. This is crazy. I can't believe I'm looking at this. She boiled the severed head in a pot with vegetables. When the police arrived, it was still warm. She arranged his body with his, his legs crossed and left a note. Time got time got you back, Jonathan, for raping my daughter. Uh, you to Beck, you to Beck for Ross, for little John. Now play with John. With little John's dick. I don't know what the hell that said. That's what that's the letter she wrote. Later the police learned that Catherine's accusations of in of infidelity were untrue. By that time Catherine was already in custody. After pleading guilty, Catherine was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Wow. She was the first woman in Australia. Oh, this was Australia. I'm sorry. This is Australia. I thought it was to receive this, she was the first woman in Australia to receive this punishment. Catherine claims that she didn't remember the murder at all and has tried to appeal. The appeal was turned down. Catherine Knight, the strange woman from Aberdeen, will be behind bars for the rest of her life. Now everyone has a Catherine story. Oh yeah, that's her right there behind bars. Wow, that's that's crazy. That is crazy. Wow. Um, so I never, there are so many, there's going to be, listen, this podcast should never end. There will always be a Catherine Knight or a Ted Bundy or something out there. There's just so many freaking killers, man. So many freaking killers. And it's not like, it, and it's not like the, it's going to stop. It's not like it's going to stop. You know what I mean? Like it's going to, you know, like like it's just it's like there's gonna be a drop one day. It's gonna go down or something, unless they uh, you know, unless they 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 find uh a way to control people's feelings or emotions and stuff. You know, so it's gonna keep going, man. But this is a crazy story, Kat. She, uh, I did another one, and you could go down. I think I have it. Actually, I think I did. Actually, no, I didn't do it on this podcast. I didn't do this one. This one was a, a story I did. It was a true story. I th I don't know if I'd put it on this podcast. But 
it was a true story. It's about a guy who he had, I think he he killed his father and he skinned him and he wore his face and, and oh, man, it's crazy. It was crazy. Um, the things people do, the things that mental, mental, a mental breakdown will push you to do and the abuse that you can take um, that can push you to do something. You know what I'm saying? The abuse that people take that makes them... That just pushes them to that to that limit to that edge, you know, to make them do some kind of a crime like this, man. It's it's insane. It's insane. I'm laughing just because it's like you know, it's one of those like when you're in shock. It is shocking. I'm in shock. You know what I mean? Um, but it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's 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 just it's just out of control. It's just out of control, guys. People, be careful out there, man. Be careful out there. Be careful in the relationship you're with. Just be careful in life. You know, if something seems wrong, most likely it is. We have an instinct in our in our in us that we sometimes tend to neglect, and we don't. We really don't pay attention to it a lot of times. A lot of times is why things happen to us. Why we get hurt or we get into an accident. You know, you know those times when you're like, when you're like, uh, should I go down this road? That means don't. When when your body doubts, when your brain gives you a doubt, that means don't. Should I go down this road? Should I? And, you know, and sometimes we're like, oh, but we got to take risk and all that stuff. Yeah, there's certain things to take risk for, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know. When it's something like an, maybe an investment, it's okay to lose some money. If you lose money, you can make money back, but your life you're not going to get back. You know, if something scares you, don't do it. If it if if something's like, if you're like, man, should I go? You know, there's certain things we can't avoid, but like, there's a lot of times that we can. Um, should I go with this person? Should I hang out with this person? Should I? You know, if things like that come up, don't do it. Bottom line, just don't do it because that's your body telling you, hey. Yeah, I don't think we should do this, man. It's not going to end well for us. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, man, don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow me on social media now. Uh, I do have a Conspiracy Fears and Mysteries Instagram, but I'm still trying to play. I don't know what I'm going to. I'm still trying to play with that, with that one here. So follow me on my personal Instagram, which is Cigar Ralphie, which is the Instagram of the other podcast Cigar Ralphie Cigar underscore Ralphie On Instagram I'm not I'm not really doing Twitter like that Because Twitter Is cancer So don't forget to like Subscribe Follow me on social media Man YouTube I'm on YouTube also I do reviews I think totally Completely different than this Completely different I do reviews on different products and stuff like that. Nothing to do with murder and stuff. I take a break from it because this gets to me sometimes too. I think I watch it and read it a little bit too much. And as always, I will see you on the next Smoke. Smoke.